As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you so much for joining us in this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I get the distinct pleasure to interview a friend, Paul Miller, who is the chief goof officer of Circus Mojo and Beerkus Brewing Company and Motivational Clown. Paul, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Exciting. So, Paul, you and I had the opportunity to really get introduced back in 2015. Um, I was involved in some great community activities, building community engagement, um, really exploiting the power of regionalism in our community, and going out and grabbing the best talent we can in the marketplace to create the best experiences for the all-star summer of 2015. And it was such a pleasure to meet you at the annual chamber dinner right. that year that led to that further discussion. I, sometimes I don't have all the nickels together to be a member of the chamber, but I always go to the dinner to meet <laughs> folks like you, Mike. Absolutely. And Paul, one of the things that I am so inspired by to have our listeners join us today is your story's impactful. The reason why you do what you do is impactful. And that's what we're highlighting here. Uh, with the Talent Magnet Institute, so I feel you... drawn. I feel like you know, magnetically drawn to. It. <laughs> That's right. So, so, and I, I recently uh, read an article in Inc. Magazine that was on yourself about down on clowns lately. Not after meeting this ringling brother clown, <laughs> Paul Miller. So, can you share a little bit with our audience because it's it's fascinating, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready for All a right. fascinating story. Um, and what led you to lead Circus Mojo to create Circus Mojo? And walk us through just a little bit of, of your journey. Well, I am a class clown, a troublemaker. Uh, I've been guided through this. Uh, I, I believe people act out for attention. And I was lucky enough to be in the Ringling Brothers Barman Bailey Circus. So I uh, was at University of Cincinnati at the College Conservatory of Music, very prestigious theater school, working on my BFA, not real happy. I auditioned for Ringling Brothers Clown College my sophomore year and uh, didn't was not accepted. Like 3,000 people apply, 30 people get in. You know, I, I my girlfriend at the time was like, if that's what you want. And two years later, uh, she's my fiance. I asked her to marry me before I dropped out of college and joined the circus. Okay, so uh, got engaged, ran away and joined the Ringling Brothers. So again, 3,000 people apply. And Ringling used Clown College as an earned media possibility. Every weatherman and weather girl would go out and would audition for Clown College. So this would be like a five-minute news segment on every channel. So they were really the masters of promotion, and, and, and it was neat to be a part of that puzzle, learn from really the best. Now, Ringling is still around. They just have Marvel Live now, most of their revenue from Walt Disney on Ice. So I got to learn grassroots on the circus train, loading it and unloading it, did the circus, drove the clown car for the Ringling Brothers. You know, more people have been in outer space than have driven the clown car for Ringling Brothers. So it's kind of a neat, <laughs> neat, neat stat there. So I drew, you know, drove the car and uh, took it to the car wash. So, you know, 14 clowns got out of the car. It was just a lot of fun. Went back, got married, got my degree in theater, moved to New York City. I would bounce chairs on my chin for these auditions. So I was the bad boy who dropped out of school. 
But I got on as the world turns, all my children, one life to live. I was the only guy from our class in the industry making real money. And to this day, I'm in an American Federation for Television and Radio Artists, so I get 38 cents a year in my retirement account because the shows are still on the Soap Network. Congratulations for <laughs> so, that. <laughs> so it's been an adventure. It's been, you know, the circus. I moved to Chicago to make a movie. The movie uh, cured me of wanting to be an actor, but also September 11th happened, and I really... Being an actor is a kind of a selfish job, selfish career choice. Tough, tough when you're away from your lady. You know, being in movies with other people it didn't make a lot of sense. So I started a circus there called Circus Team, building self-esteem through the circus arts. Learned a lot there about for-profit, non-profit, talent management, staffing, human resources. Ultimately, they fired me, filed a half million dollar lawsuit against me, got rid of me. But I'm a pie fighter, so I, I don't believe in fighting. <laughs> symmetrically. I don't fight in court. I, I like to toss pies. So I'm really proud of this organization I created. Um, it's 17 years old, moved to Kentucky, bought an old movie theater, created Circus Mojo, which is does a lot of community development, but is not a nonprofit. We have a small nonprofit arm that raises some money. So Circus Mojo is kind of the greatest hits of my time in Chicago with Circus Team, the, the great things about Ringling Brothers and you know, I've been in the circus industry for 22 years, making my mortgages, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Feeding the family, yeah. recruiting talent. We've hosted artists from 30 countries to Ludlow, Kentucky. So you and I are doing some very similar things just in in an industry. The circus is 250 years old this year. So a lot of celebrations going on in London because that's where it started. And it's a, it's a parallel business model that exists, but people don't understand it a whole lot. So I appreciate this opportunity. Like one with a question, but two to be able to talk about it, you know? Absolutely. So Paul, one of the things that you commented about is about the class clown <laughs> and the energy that you brought to, I'm sure, all throughout school. Uh, it brings back, I had the opportunity to speak at a uh, my high school uh, nice. commencement speech back in 2016. And I shared with those in the audience, because I too uh, had my experiences of um, loving to draw attention like <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Sure. But what I have found over the years is that most individuals who have the energy in school are it's because they're smart, they're intelligent, they want more challenge, they want more for their lives and for the lives of those around them. And I encourage people to focus on being a difference maker. You all have the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of those around you and as you go forward. And again, one of the reasons why we invited you here today, I see you as a significant difference maker in this community and the impact of, you know, you mentioned circus steam, yeah. helping build self-esteem, the things that you do with Circus Mojo, bringing individuals in, you know, you're probably recruit more from more countries than most employers in the state of Kentucky. Um, and then you also do invest a lot at Children's Hospital. And I'd love for you to share a little bit with the audience about that relationship, the things that you do at Children's and the impact you make at Children's, and then also this opportunity of bringing people from all over the world, right through the CVG airport to learn and to grow here in greater Cincinnati. Excellent. Thank you. Um, you know, just 10 days ago, it was the first time I picked anybody up who flew through Iceland. Okay. So that wow airlines, you know, they, those cheap tickets that, that is now how circus artists are coming to Ludlow. So uh, there's a group called IJGD. It's basically the German Peace Corps, and they've been sending really talented circus artists to Ludlow. And we've taken six kids from Ludlow who've never flown on a plane before on a three-week tour to Germany with us, mm -hmm. all right? So this was the international aspect of it. I mean, even going back to the All-Star Game, 
we had artists from Japan, Malaysia, Togo, France, Ludlow, okay, Chicago, and Haters Dry Goods is this dry goods shop in Ludlow, and that's where we got our costumes made, all right? So it was just like red sweatpants that said Ludlow on one leg, um, Cincinnati on the bottom of the leg, and on the back, we put there um, just these silly old iron-on letters, but that's what Jim Hater at Haters Dry Goods does. So it said Togo, Malaysia, France, and here we are performing. So, it, and these artists, number one, they're here legally, right? Because I, I've gotten five different kinds of visas because we have to recruit talent from abroad. We also are developing local talent, and we're taking ideas from abroad. So in Israel, there's a degree in medical clowning at the University of Haifa. And, you know, when, when we were working at Children's Hospital, this doctor, Yoel Dochin, says, how can the, now it's number two, but at the time it was, how can the number three hospital only have two clowns working two days a week in Israel? We have 50 clowns, you know, and a degree. And so he really motivated some change there, encouraged me to come to Israel. I got to work in Israel hmm. uh, in five surgeries. So our country give kids two drugs. We give a, a midazolam or a versid to get a kid a little bit loopy before surgery, and then they give him the gas to knock the kid out completely. Mm-hmm. In Israel, people have an option. You can do this two-drug cocktail, or you can have a clown spend 15 minutes with your kid before the surgery. Really? So uh, I don't speak Hebrew. I'm, I'm not Jewish. I speak slapstick, okay? And, I'm, and I got in the waiting room to, for the surgery. There's six beds there, all in just one big giant room, and you spend 15 minutes with a kid, and then juggling, just goofing around. Like, and I was working with a, I was basically the apprentice of an Israeli clown nurse, okay? So Valerie was her name, and Valerie kind of helped guide it and introduced it. There's really a lot of partnering going on, making your partner look good. You know, I'm on, you know, a tightrope here, making sure I'm not being too loud or too crazy. But yeah. you put your mask on, you're part of the surgical team rolling the kid into the operating theater. And the kid trusts the clown in this very nervous space. The clown holds the mask on the kid's face and the kid trusts the clown, so they're getting rid of this drug, okay? Now, fascinating. And then you're also there when the kid wakes up from the surgery and they're called the dream doctors, okay? So these are what the medical clowns in Israel are. Hmm. And to be a part, to be one invited, and number two, to be you know actually scrubbing in for surgeries, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. big, big deal. And um, you know, I, I come back, kind of explain this innovative way that is working in Israel. And our country, they want to bill for these drugs. All right? And again, healthcare's changing. They're doing it to save money. Our country is more interested in billing codes and making money on surgeries than saving money on surgeries. But as a parent, I would much rather have my kid have one drug than two. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's it's neat. Um, p- part of the work at Children's, we had a great run there. We improved patient experience at a very, very high level. And that is one of the metrics that drives their revenue. So it's the HCAP score. It's the healthcare, a healthcare consumer assessment of healthcare provider systems. So wait times are number one, patient experience number two. And when the circus is there, you know, we're teaching kids to spin plates. You know, we're giving, we're empowering kids. And then when they go back to school, they can do something that all the healthy kids can't, whether it's a brother or sister. Um, We had a great run at Children's Hospital. We, I learned a lot of lessons out of my time in Chicago with Circus Theme. So my contract really protected my intellectual property. We've been collecting data. We're excited to kind of roll this out. Healthcare and clowning and education is 
really what I'm best at, but circuses make money selling concessions. So mm-hmm. uh, I've kind of diversified into a brewery. Uh, we're no longer at Children's Hospital right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've had a, we've had a good run. And there was a debate on, you know, not a debate. I didn't want to sign over my intellectual property. There, there's a lot of uh, value in this work, in this data. I'm very proud that they're number two. We've worked with uh, these people from around the world at Children's Hospital, kind of taking the greatest hits from Israel, you know, working with these incredible artists from Germany. And uh, there's another organization now doing medical clowning there. I, I uh, they're Healthy Humor, great, great folks, kind of an offshoot of the Big Apple Circus Company. So we don't call ourselves clowns, okay, because, like, people are scared of clowns. Mm-hmm. So we, we called it a... We were a circus wellness specialist. There okay? you go. Like, we can't cure you, but we're not them scary clowns. Anyway, it's just a weird, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it was awesome. It is awesome. It's great to have clowns in hospitals doing things. But again, you know, you learn, you know, it's building self-esteem with circus team, circus mojo. I got knocked down. What's mojo for us is getting back up and keep going, you know? So the show must go on mentality is is very important in the work that you, that everybody does. I don't care whether right. you're at P&G or GE or any initials, XYZ Corp, you know, what you got to do is get up. Absolutely. Paul, with the work that you do at Circus Mojo, so a lot of people, and you may we may have listeners whose kids go there during the summer camps and things of that nature. And again, it's not just about learning to perform. It's really building life skills and self-esteem and creating energy and, and learning some really cool tricks along the way. It's not fair. In a week of basketball camp, you're not going to put on an incredible basketball game, okay? Like in a week of pottery camp, you're not going to have a – you're not going to have a vase that people are like, oh, my gosh, look at it. But in a week of circus camp uh, from 9 to 3, we take kids at the beginning on Monday morning who really don't have a skill. And by Friday afternoon at 2 or 3 o'clock, they're performing. This year, it was wonderful. We did it at Coney Island. So we were doing 12 shows a week at Coney Island. And the kids got to perform on a gazebo with some professional artists. With So it's they literally will learn to walk on a ball and will learn to juggle. And at the end of the week, have significant accomplishments and we'll meet people who are very different than them this year for you know my son's birthday we had two girls who just moved to bromley kentucky from egypt okay so happy birthday was sung in arabic all right we had a kid who spoke chinese so happy birthday was sung in chinese we had a german volunteer from the german peace corps it was sung in german it was sung in spanish and it was sung in english so it's what a great experience for any kid to have a week standing on Muslim kids from Egypt, okay, juggling with kids from Germany, you know, and force cooperation. And it's not about how much your shoes cost or what your first language is or who you pray to or if you pray at all, but everybody's in the circus hmm. making it happen. So, so that is um, one of the, the tenets of what, what we do in the circus, in any circus industry. It, you are working with people from around the world. you got a job to do, put on a great show. And that's what we try to do, whether we're at the hospital or doing a corporate team building or working with you for the all-star game, you know, it really, the audience wants to see something that's wow. And then that's what we do. We wow. Yeah. And what a great life lesson for those children to walk into a scenario of a group of strangers that may not look anything like them or speak like them. And they have to form the same team and they have to learn each other's strengths and they have to learn each other's weaknesses, find similarities, find differences. And they got it. And they got to follow the directions. I mean, they're, there, there's a lack of accountability in so many areas right now, but there's only one way to juggle, okay? And, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. There's only one way to juggle. You know, like we do a lot of working at Montessori. Like my children went to Montessori school for a little while, but they don't need Montessori. They, there's not six ways to spell CAD. Like Maria Montessori has, has, a, has a methodology, and, yeah. and I, as do I. But 
when they're at circus camp, the first two and a half days, they're trying everything. Then at the end of the day three, they pick what they're going to do in the show. And then by day five, they're doing the show. And, well, I, I don't want to do that. I'm really sorry, right? You, this is what you picked. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in the acrobatics act. You got two opportunities. Ah, and they'll make that breakthrough. But there, sometimes there's tears, and sometimes parents are. But the waiver, once they sign the waiver, like, listen, we can shoot you out of cannons. You know, read the waiver closely here before you <laughs> sign this, folks. It, it, but it's never been a, a real problem. But kids, anybody, it doesn't matter. Very few people are held to a, the, a level of danger that the circus brings, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when we're walking the tight wire, you've got to do it this way. If you don't, you're going to hurt yourself. If you hurt yourself, you're hurt. I'm accountable. Coney Island's upset. Parents are upset, and we can't do it. So, it's not. It's just a different model. But but that is really what we work to offer. Hmm. Paul, with your employee base, um, you mentioned how many individuals you bring in from other countries. You mentioned you also have locals. What does that look like? Are they independent contractors? Are they employees? Are they full time, part time, or do you send the up above. the bat signal and the the team gets together. They're they're all of the above. You know, we have uh, full time administrators who keep this clown on track. You know, I mean, so I can I can look at the QuickBooks. I can know where we are, and we can transfer money. I sign the checks every two weeks. You know, we've got you know Jenny and Renee and two of our administrators. Since one sales and marketing, one's really operations, have been with us six years, seven years. You know, I needed I needed a straight man, if you will. My partner Emmanuel's from Ghana. He came to town to help me launch Circus Mojo, our second year in operations. I needed a straight man. So uh, Renee Harris, who was my music teacher, you know, had been a bookkeeper, had worked at a funeral home next door, had done a lot of different things. I'm like, listen, I need someone. They'll sign, they'll sign their kids up for one year camp, but the second year they want to see somebody who has a little more polished, a little more follow through. So the artists come and go. It can be on contractual basis. You know, the the visas, some are volunteers. Like that, that's a volunteer visa. Um, independent contractor, it... it we, we follow the law, you know, we, we work to, to make sure everything is tight, but they're, you know, people will come in on an ESTA visa as a friend, as a visitor, and if they're great, then we'll get the H-1B, B-1, B-2 visa for them to come and actually do the work. But a lot of it in the circus is real-time assessment. Hmm. Very few people have I sent away, but I've sent something, well, you know, they send me a video, well, show me your backflip. Well, I can't do that anymore. I, well, then don't send me the video of the backflip, right? Like, it's really pretty simple. You know, this is what you're going to deliver. You can't do this. All right. Other people will come in, you know, hey, I spin poi, I spin staff, I do this. I'm like, all right, well, that's, you know, hippie stuff or you're at a music festival. Everyone's going to learn to juggle. You got three days to learn to juggle. If you don't, you're on the mega bus back to Chicago, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they learn to juggle because they want this real-time opportunity with a very specific deadline. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about the international component, was that what Ringling Brothers exposed you to, or have you always had a no. high interest in international relationship? I, I, I grew up in Cleveland. I moved here when I was 13, um, and a lot more diversity in Cleveland than, <laughs> jokingly, I call it Vanilla Hills, Kentucky, all, all white folk in Vanilla Hills. Okay. So uh, I craved that, got a little more diversity at University of Cincinnati at CCM. That was cool. But when I joined the circus, I was performing with guys from Kazakhstan, you know, Bulgarians, Spanish, you know, people from all of Mexicans, you know, everywhere. And that, you know, like Cirque du Soleil, for instance. Cirque du Soleil really was built on the premise of the Soviet Union. All right. So our country spent all the energy building Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL. In the Soviet Union, circus was huge. 
every city that had over 50,000, 100,000 people would have a one-ring circus building. So when the end of the Soviet Union fell apart, all these amazing circus artists were out of work. Our country wouldn't give those commies a visa, okay? But Canada would. So Cirque du Soleil is predicated on this idea of building a pipeline of importing Russian talent, putting them in spandex, adding a fog machine, some new age music, and the guy that sold Cirque du Soleil, he sold it for one and a half billion dollars wow. about two or three years ago. And he, he's a street performer. I wouldn't call, he calls himself a clown. Really, he's a fire breather stilt walker, which is easier than truly being a clown. And it's a little clown critique on, you know, but, you know, he's a billionaire. I'm not so, but, you know, it's <laughs> messing with him. But that is what is required. Like, we have to import talent because there is no real circus infrastructure in the United States. Hmm. But while they're here, they're influencing my children. They're influencing the teenagers of Ludlow and the teenagers of Cincinnati. And then kids start to believe, wow, they're here from Germany for a year. Okay, I can go to Germany. You know, taking six kids from Ludlow who've never flown on a plane before, that becomes transformative. And really, I could talk about being a runaway thug. Like, only the best thugs could run away and join the circus. And actually, so it's solving generational poverty. I mean, I'm a, I'm a work-study kid from Cove Cap. I got a chip on my shoulder. You know, I did, the, the, the kids that mom and dad bought a car for uh, from Covington Catholic, those, I was working after school, paying two hours, you know, of work for my tuition. So that's the comeuppance, if you will, or the push, or why I have to import talent, but why we're trying to inspire local kids that they can have more mm-hmm. and getting parents to trust. And we've taken kids from Ludlow who haven't been across the river to teach circus to 40 African-American kids at the John P. Parker School. So these three teenagers are uncomfortable because they're in a, an environment that they haven't been in, but they got a job to do. You're spinning plates, Kevin. You're bouncing feathers. Jesse, Brandon, you're working on juggling scarves. I'm going to spot the kids walking on the ball. Every 10 minutes, we're going to rotate. We did a little show at the beginning so they know you can do something, and you got a job to do, and you're going to get paid 10 bucks cash when you're done. You could cut grass for that 10 bucks, or you can make circus with us. But two of those kids had never been across the river, hmm. let alone in a room full of African-American kids. Mm-hmm. And when everyone's nervous, you get great results, mm-hmm. usually. I mean, it doesn't, it's not 100%, but mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're trying to do from a diversity point of view. So you, um, in episode 19, Dr. Janet Reed, a world leader in diversity and inclusion, at the end of that episode, she brought up the, the quickest way to assess whether you, the listener understand and are being inclusive is to look at who your children hang out with. What is your friend base? What is, you know, what, who are their friends at school? That's a great indicator of the values that you profess at home and to your children about other people. And you're bringing this inclusive to an encouraging level that it's so natural for you. And you've been inside of a system that encourages an inclusive values-based leadership model, right? It, yeah, it, it, it is a system. And the circus, again, it's weird, but it is a parallel system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we had, in Ludlow, we have this old historic movie theater, and we were hosting, you know, from a challenging point of view, it was third-year OBGYN students from University of Cincinnati Medical School, okay? And the head wanted to make their team uncomfortable. So they said, show up and work out clothes at this address at 9 a.m., and we're trying to teach circus to a bunch of kids who know it all, literally. 
and haven't failed. I mean, hmm. we had there were there were two future doctors who were crying because they couldn't spin a plate. And, and there's only one way to spin a plate. And I think young people are, you know, if you're not going to succeed at something, you're quickly moved on to something that you will succeed at. Um, mm, I, I, I sent Renee Harris. I, it wasn't going well. They didn't really love the show. It was kind of, so I sent her down to the, the little form, Fort Wright Walmart said, give me three baby dolls. So I started juggling baby dolls, okay? Started to break up. I said, you got to get good with your hands. You're going to be catching babies. So let's, let's reset. Let's reboot. Let's put these spinning plates away. And it was cool because it was like having a team around us of like real-time assessment, okay? Uh, and fixing it. Now, it, it wasn't a perfect event, but we righted the ship quite a bit, and they had their lunch, and after lunch, they had to make the rest of the schedule of who was going to do rounds, and, you know, it was like six o'clock. We, we let them stay an hour extra, but I'm like, hey, we want to go home. You know, you're not, you're not paying for it. You need to just, again, it was just a, a neat opportunity to provide diverse opportunities and, mm-hmm. and diversity. Uh, mm. I, I had a really great run last week. I had a job I was asked to work for the largest circus in the United States. Now it's the Universal Circus. It's a 25-year-old African-American-owned circus that's based in Atlanta. I've been taking kids to see that show for a long time. I was teaching kids in jail here vocational training because if you're good at stealing cars, you're good at the circus, you're focused, and you're fearless. Hmm. We got kids out of jail for the weekend to perform an opening act at the Universal Circus. So Universal, now that they're the biggest circus, they have some awesome acts. In now, they would have been with Ringling, but are now in Universal, and it's 25 years. So they hired me as their diversity inclusion promoter for the Cincinnati region, and they sent me down. Who have you worked with, Paul? And they really, there is not a group that we haven't worked with realistically. I mean, Hasidic Jews, kids in jail, stroke victims with one arm, use of one arm. Like we 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 checked almost all the boxes. So they hired me. Great job. Got paid. Great title. But they said we want to bring more Caucasians under our big top. And I said, how about you call us white folk? Just sounds a little better, doesn't it? So we, I had 200 tickets and took pictures, sent it to my boss. I'm like, look, it could be Cirque du Soleil. It could be Ringling. But look at all these white folk. You know, we had one section. and But people are tweeting it out. It's it, it, People come and people, it's on their Instagram. They're, they're doing And we brought a lot of folks to the tent. Hmm. And my kids' class, you know, St. Agnes, not a very diverse school. But Rich Hoyt, the principal, they got out of school. School bus driver was chosen to dance. Soccer coach was up dancing in the ring. <laughs> All the key, you know, 46 kids from St. Agnes uh, and teachers got to see Universal Circus. Hmm. And it is a traditional circus. It's a mud show. These teachers and the chaperones showed up with nice little, you know, nice little sandals. We're walking through mud to get to a tent in the middle of Norwood in a field of Norwood. Hmm. So I kind of guide him around the back through the gravel. But even that for the teachers was like, wow, you know, the bus driver said, I haven't seen the circus in 50 years. This is awesome. And that is the show must go on mentality. A lot of ways to look at diversity, mm-hmm. look at inclusion and planting seeds in a bunch of young, mostly, you know, white folk, white kids that, hey, the circus is alive, hmm. you know. That's great. That's great. Thank you for all that you do there, Paul. <laughs> Thank with, you. With the... Um, the le- what do you hope um, leaders are able to take away from the dialogue today? If you're able to leave one or two key thoughts for people to further their own leadership or the way that they view the community and the world around them. I make a lot of mistakes. Um, I, I, I ask my team around me to fix these mistakes. Um, and then the team is empowered uh, and we can count on each other to, to make stuff happen. So it, it is a asymmetrical way of, of leading things. And I think leaders want to be in charge, want to be in power, 
and don't want to have mistakes called out or it, it's easy to to <laughs> be offline or off record or whatever so I, my model is really counting on a team around me to make great things happen and I get called out plenty I mean I call other people out um, and it's working towards a mutual goal but again it's just a very different model of the circus everybody loads the train everybody unloads the train everybody's on that train traveling to the next destination hmm. so that is uh, a, a different way and, and I think why you know I appreciate you calling out that ink article all right you know and, and Scott Mouts the guy who, who wrote that included us in a book and he's a he's a big guy at PNG and is a published author and he was really interested in, in different ways of looking at it and I I have to look at different ways of, of doing things, you know, and I have to call on people who really know what they're doing. And that's my plant manager, Ryan Fardo. He's been with me eight years. He's been, was the designer for the Circus Mojo logo, takes the pictures, builds all the stuff. He doesn't do stuff perfect, but, but I pick up after him and he picks up after me. Our brewer is 22 years old. I hired him when he was 21 and a half years old, giving a big shot on this. I said, don't wreck the car, man, you know, and he's making great beer and he's this, we're all kind of, I believe we're all idiot savants. We're all really good at things, but we have to surround ourselves with, with people. And, you know, it's a, that's what I would ask the leaders of the chamber or of the bank or of the healthcare systems or, you know, because there is a different way to do things. Mm-hmm. And if we want to be good at it, we got to look at different ways and we got to execute them and it will fall down. We learn. Mm-hmm. Well, in the environment that you provide for organizations, for team building, for young students, for older individuals who can still do a backflip or think they can or maybe never could, um, the ability to bring people together and to see, again, weaknesses and strengths. Everybody has a role. Mm-hmm. Everybody has an opportunity. What a great team building exercise and cultural building exercise, to be frank. What? And kudos to the people that call on us to do this, okay? So we're working, you know, we did a great team building with the machine shop that was union, right? You had management on one side who is squeezing everybody. Then you got all the people who are doing the work, okay? And, you know, need need to be brought into this situation because there's tension there. And this is where clowns thrive, okay? Like the king is here, and then there's the minor minor roles that want to kill the king, and then there's all the poor serfs, plebes that want to kill the king, and there's the jester that speaks truth to all sides, Hmm. And everyone feels heard. So we got them juggling, and they were struggling juggling by themselves. So we kind of had them, one, put their right arm around their right arm, basically a two-headed juggler. So they had to put their arms around each other. And I said, listen, I don't care what your HR department says. You're not sexually harassing anybody. You put your arm around them, you put your arm, and then you're the right hand, you're the left hand, and we're going to juggle together. And it was forcing cooperation. Hmm. And once one group saw it, then the other one wanted to do it. And then there was just natural like, hey, if he can get 10 throws, I can. Mm-hmm. And then everybody was working. And, you know, management team was six people. Working crew was 30. So then we had them all kind of shift off. And it was the mouthiest, angriest dude who ended up juggling with the senior vice president, you know. And it would literally broke down these barriers that are real. But then I got to kind of lower the boom. Listen, if they don't make the parts, you can't sell, you can't sell, you can't make paychecks. Y'all have got to cooperate, and we demonstrate it in real time. Hmm. And, you know, that's that, that there's so many walls that are built up arbitrarily or specifically, and the circus comes to town, and everybody goes to the circus. The rich, the poor, the priest, <laughs> the banker. When the circus used to come to town, everything shut down. 
mm-hmm. and everybody got to see something they wouldn't see anywhere else. And that's the that's what we try to bring to situations. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And the opportunity to interview you, get to know you. And I know that the listeners today, like myself, will walk away going, you know, this gave me a very different perspective. And I hope those will provide links to the article that we referenced to Circus Mojo. And I hope people will look into this as a great opportunity to enhance their teams and enhance the community around them. Thank you, Mike. Companies and teams with authentic leaders attract the best talent, are the most productive, and keep people around the longest. Are you an authentic leader? Go to talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash authentic to find out if you're ticking all the boxes. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter, or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr., Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.